Hey listeners, welcome to another episode of The Background Scoop. It's your one and only host, DJ Stavropoulos, part-time background actor here in Atlanta, Georgia. Think of this as your favorite flavor of something you just can't get enough of. Thanks so much for tuning in. As you'll hear shortly, I took a different approach for this episode. Instead of writing this over the course of weeks and then carefully recording it, much of it I taped on the fly on my way to jobs or while there just to see how it came out. So not scripted for the most part and not recorded with the highest quality equipment. And in some segments, there's audible background noise. No pun intended. I just wanted to try something new. All of the first lady content is shot from the hip while all of the ballet content is not see if you can hear the difference. Most of this is about a recent day I had on season two of The First Lady, plus a day on the ballet at the end of the week on Friday and Saturday. Not two work days, but a single work day that filmed all through the night, just like the Cindy Lauper song. Now I can't get that out of my head, but good thing I didn't have this driving me nuts last night. A caucus is a meeting of supporters or members of a specific political party or movement. I had a very vague notion of what this is and had to look it up on Wikipedia. I got to be part of the Iowa caucus this week for season two of The First Lady, where Viola Davis plays Michelle Obama. I remember seeing a tag on one of the wardrobe racks. It said C-A-U-C-U-S-E-R-S as in people who are part of a caucus. But my brain was seeing two words, caulk as in caulking compound and users, until suddenly it joined the two and I realized it's not caulk users, it's caucusers. It was like those pictures of two people's faces facing each other, but it's also a vase depending on how you look at it. Your brain will register one of these first before seeing the other. I'll get started after the break. Tuesday, May 25th, 2021. Um, I don't normally record these segments um, outside of my home because I like to use the high-quality microphone recording equipment I have, but sometimes I like to just whip out the phone and record something on the fly, totally unscripted, because it's fresh in my mind because it's happening and I'm telling you about it right as it's happening. So... I'm basically working on The First Lady today, season two with uh, Viola Davis playing Michelle Obama. Um, And I got the email last night and I'm like, okay, you know, wow, some people need to be here at 3.12 a.m. I hope it's not me. And luckily my call time is 8 a.m. So that gave me enough time to do some normal stuff like go to the gym and just leave directly from there. So I get my car, drive, 40 miles out to Covington to the studio and I'm looking at the traffic on the other side. I'm like, thank goodness I'm going east and all these other people are going west. I'm normally not on the roads, on the highways during rush hour. Normally I'm, you know, driving at 5 or 6 a.m. or sometime early morning or afternoon or evening. This is probably the first time that I've been literally on the highway during rush hour. So luckily, um, I'm going the right way where there's less traffic. But of course, there's an accident four to five miles ahead and I'm thinking, is this gonna mess up my commute time? Um, So just as I get to the exit on 285 to get onto Route 20 East, you know, the the traffic is backed up, but I luck out and I get off just before it, it slows me down. But then I get to the studio and 
it's like half empty and I don't see the rapid test trailer set up and I asked the guy at check-in first of all security lets me in and they're like no issue here right but then the check-in guy's like you're in the wrong place I'm like what so it turns out I didn't read the email carefully enough and they're filming at Peachtree Cab Airport which is an hour away from where I am now so I have to turn around and, and go back um probably won't be an issue given that the PCR tests typically take one to three hours to get the results and there are people who are not who have call times of nine o'clock so I'm just gonna basically show up an hour late and get lumped into that group so it's not gonna throw everything off but I feel like a complete idiot um I did text Heather at casting TaylorMade just to let her know uh, but because I'm driving, I did it using Siri, which I never do. And it seems to work fine. You just tell Siri to text the person, and then you give her the text, and then she sends it. Um, so I think that's like the first time I've done that. And um, I shouldn't be doing this right now because I'm actually driving. But um, I, I'm not technically holding the phone. It's kind of sitting in my lap. So that's it for now. I will check in later and let you know how things pan out. Okay, I'm back just for a quick addition here. So the irony of this, this whole story is because I went to the wrong place, now I am gonna get stuck in rush hour traffic because now at 8.20 a.m. I am driving west on Route 20 and I have to get on 285 North. So I'm basically reversing the route I just took and unless things have cleared up, I'm gonna get stuck in traffic. So, uh, karma's a B-I-T-C-H. <laughs> anyway, Moral of the story is, always read the call time email you get the night before. Read it again and again and again, and don't assume anything just based on your past experience on a production. Um, I don't know why I assumed this was filming over here. I just made that assumption, and it was a bad assumption to make. So that's my, that's my little lesson for today. Enjoy. Okay, I keep thinking I'm done, but I'm not. So apparently this is uh, some bad habit I'm, I'm going to develop today. I got um, a message. I think it was through Facebook Messenger or maybe it was Instagram. I get them mixed up because they all seem to be connected somehow now. I noticed this yesterday and maybe it was from a few days ago from somebody who requested my friendship on Facebook and I don't know this person so I didn't immediately accept it I typically don't do that but this person I discovered they had messaged me and said I love your podcast and all I could say in response was lol which one the real estate one state of reality or the background acting one uh the background scoop and I haven't heard back but I thought that was kind of funny it's the first time it happened so in a prior episode I recorded or read a uh, review I got on Apple Podcasts about this show, and now I've got my first uh, complete stranger reaching out and saying that they love my podcast. And I'm, I'm guessing they mean this one, but I won't know until they respond. But I'll let you know what they say.
Okay, it's 9.28 a.m. This is the fourth recording for the day. Uh, I have corrected my error. I spent an additional hour driving from Covington, uh, Sinhalese Studios, to the correct location, which I believe is 2040 Dresden Road, right across from the DeKalb Peachtree Airport. Um, I just got my rapid test, but of course, now I have to sit in my car for an hour waiting for the results because, as the sign says, do not leave your vehicle until you have your results. Uh, Fortunately, there's a little restroom in the lot here, so I was able to relieve myself. Uh, Now I've got an hour to kill, up to an hour. Um, There's an interesting trailer here. I've never seen this testing company. It reminds me of um, the clown show that's going on in Arizona, Um, Cyber Ninjas which Rachel Maddow talks about every night. Um, It says tiger testing, and there's a yellow and black tiger kind of growling and stretching, and, you know, his his left paw is basically extending between the R and tiger and the T and testing. So so here we are. So anyway, um, that person who I mentioned in the prior segment, his name is Mark Hilton, and he just responded through Facebook Messenger, and I was right. He's talking about this podcast. So, Mark, if you're listening, and I hope you are, thanks again. Um, This is my shout out to you. Thank you so much for reaching out and uh, telling me what you thought about the show. And I'm glad that my content is is helpful to you. The ironic thing is Mark is actually in New York City and I'm in Atlanta. So it never occurred to me that there would be people in other cities who are doing the same kinds of things, essentially acting or background acting and listening and learning from my own personal experiences here in the ATL. So thanks again. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. Okay, enough with the, uh, with the driving to the wrong location stories, but I just have to say one more thing. So I go to the wrong place. I go to the Sinley Studios, which is a good... 40 minute drive from where I live and I get there and they're like no you're on you're in the wrong place you need to go to the PA tells me go to 2040 Dresden Drive and if you want to text casting which I did and let them know you'll be late that's fine but in the process before I left I pulled up the email from last night and it had a different address it had Buford Highway and I'm like now I don't really know what to do so I punched Buford Highway into Waze and started driving and halfway here I get a text from Casting Taylor Maid, Ashley or somebody, Alyssa it was actually. And she's like, we changed the location. It's 2040 Dresden Drive. Please go to this new location. So I did not read the email and go to the wrong place. But at the same time, they changed the address to something else. But I think Buford and Dresden are right next to each other. So anyway, um, that is that. Oh. And the final point of this story is now that I'm here, I'm literally 9.8 miles from home. So it's a 25-minute commute. And so I basically have driven an hour and 40 minutes, you know, through my own stupidity. 
Um, so once again, always read your call time email you get the night before and make sure you know the address you're going to the next day. Otherwise, you'll end up in a pickle like me. I'm back. It's almost four o'clock. We haven't even started filming yet. So I basically drove to Covington from eight to nine. Sorry, from seven to eight. Then from eight to nine, I drove to the right location to Cab County Airport. And then I tested immediately and sat in my car from nine to 10.30. We had lunch probably from noon to 1.30. So here we are two and a half hours later and we have, still haven't started filming yet. So it's getting very hot in here. Um, I've never really camped out in a very small airport hangar. There's no air conditioning. They have some giant fan things, but they're not really doing much. So some of us have wandered outside. Um, yep, not turning out to be a very, very exciting day. They've changed my outfit three times. Uh, my hat, my crazy hat got lost, so they gave me another one. Then they took that away. And then Ashley from season one, Wardrobe, who kept disguising my finger splint with band-aids is here and she told me to take off my plaid shirt and gave me a boring polo so now i'm totally indistinguishable and won't be able to easily find myself at all so that's that um hopefully we won't be here till late at night but we shall see It's about uh, 8.45 on Tuesday, May 25th. Um, and this is just kind of a wrap-up of how the day went. We basically prepped and sat around for nine hours. Didn't start filming until 5 o'clock. And we were done just around 7. Um, it was really strange. We just moved ourselves from one big holding hangar to the hangar next door. Uh, one entire side of that was open so we could see outside. And it was quite noisy with little turboprop planes flying around and helicopters and all this stuff and poor Viola Davis was trying to give her a speech as Michelle Obama but um, sometimes we had to wait for those those <clears throat> aircraft to move on and and get out of the way and 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 so we'd have some peace and quiet but the weirdest thing was at one point we started hearing what sounded like rain on the roof but we're all looking outside and not seeing anything hitting the ground. The ground's completely dry, but we're like, something that sounds like rain is on the roof. And again, poor Viola Davis is trying to give her speech and she's getting drowned out by this crazy noise. So it was a little bit of a fiasco. And then five minutes later, we look outside and it's pouring. And the Secret Service people that are standing out there are getting soaked, but we're filming the scene and like they can't just like run for cover. They've got to stand out there. And then like 20 minutes later, the rain basically knocked over this giant light outside in this one of those light reflective screens and that was just kind of a mess but um all in all the film was was pretty quick when we were done it was a bit of a fiasco first you know i had nothing to take off except a belt and a shirt and i, for I completely forgot to put the shoes on so i'm sitting there in the hangar and i looked down at my feet and i'm like oh my god i'm wearing my ripped toe New Balance sneakers, someone's gonna catch me. I thought about running next door, but there just wasn't time. And I'm like, no one's gonna see these, it doesn't really matter. But we're done, people are like at this table a mile long, checking out somebody, some PA behind a computer. And I'm like, this is so ridiculous. We're using RABS, it's an electronic voucher system. There's no reason to have to check out. 
but maybe it's their way of confirming that you actually were there the whole day. And then after five minutes, they just threw that out the window and everybody went running for a bus. And then they're like, oh no, there aren't any buses. Just go back inside for safety because it might rain again. And I basically snuck out because I pulled up my phone and saw that it was only two miles to the parking lot. Um, and I walked the two miles and it wasn't bad. I saw a couple buses go by, but the way I figured it, I didn't want to be cooped up in that hangar anymore with a bunch of people fighting to get on the next bus. So um, that's that. I'm not going back that anytime soon, but while I was there today, I did get booked on something called The Valet, which I'm filming on Friday here in Atlanta. Um, it's some remake of a movie. I think they pinged me a few times over the past couple of weeks and they had conflicts. So I'm going to be some type of upscale hotel guest. So look for um, information on that coming soon. I almost forgot. I always talk about new new friends I, I, I make or people I run into. Um, I didn't really make technically new friends today. I chatted very briefly with some people sitting around me, um, but nothing extensive. I didn't even get names. But I did, while we were filming, look over and see Valerie in a cowboy hat. Valerie from Lovecraft Country a long time ago. And also Aaron, this guy met on games people play but more more interestingly enough i ran into james this um black guy i met on um the walking dead that's what i worked on yeah that was my secret project that i couldn't mention for 11 days um i ran into him and he's very interesting we didn't really talk much on the walking dead he and pat slash danielle walked by a couple times they pretended they owned the milton hotel but they really didn't and it's so funny. He 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 only knows me by Casey's kaleidoscope. So he's calling me Casey, and he's like, "What is your real name?" And I'm like, "DJ." So anyway, he lives up in Duluth, which is where I had a closing last Friday. Um, and if you if you follow my YouTube channel, you will hear me talk about how crazy it was because um, the agent was Korean, her client was Korean, and the closing was at this law office that was essentially 99% Korean. And everything in there was Korean, like the artwork and the food and the culture. And I literally felt like I was in Asia somewhere. So it was extremely interesting. Anyway, he really, he understood that because he lives in Duluth. But he said some Korean kids in his neighborhood played a trick on him. He thinks it was a trick. They told him that in Korea, they eat shrimp with the shell on. So they made him eat one and he ate it. And then he realized that it was probably not true. But anyway... Um, he is a musician. His name is James Houston Jr. And he's got music out on Spotify. So I checked it out. So if you're interested, um, have a listen um, and support him. I didn't really hear a lot because it was kind of noisy where we were and I didn't have my earbuds. But it sounds very kind of rhythm and bluesy. But I think he has a really wide range because he said on his first album he had all kinds of different styles on there um, for whatever reason. So... Um, anyway, that's it for The First Lady. Um, this is my third time on it, my first time on season two. Um, and regrettably, I have to say, I really think I enjoyed season one better, maybe because of the time period or maybe because Michelle Pfeiffer was there. Um, and I had a, I basically had a future role, so it was a better job, uh, even though, interestingly enough, at one point when Ashley from Wardrobe came over, she asked me if I had a jacket or anything. You know, she kept asking me all these questions. And I looked, and she was literally carrying 
the same blue sport coat that I wore in season one when I was the White House usher. And I just looked at it and she starts laughing and says, oh, no, no, no. She's like, you're not wearing this. Don't worry about that. So that was pretty funny. All right, I'm off to bed. It's probably past 10 and it's been a very, very long day, 14 plus hours, including my crazy commute. So until next time, have a good night. It's Friday, May, I don't know what day it is, 28th, 2021. Um, It's about nine o'clock in the morning. Um, I thought I was just gonna wrap up this episode after my first lady recordings, all done um, a few days ago, mostly from my car or set, so the sound was awful, sorry about that. But anyway, I'm doing uh, the ballet today. I was a little bit worried yesterday because I didn't hear anything and finally it was 10 o'clock and I'm falling asleep on the couch trying to watch uh, the season finale of This Is Us, which was very confusing. And I called Central Casting and got Brandy and I'm like, I haven't gotten an email. And she's like, oh, no worries. I'm, I'm about to send it right out. So I'm like, thanks. And then five minutes later, it showed up. And this is an example of something that to me, at least it feels this way right now, is a very simple and clean and easy job. Um, it wasn't a 20-page email with a thousand pictures. It was very short and sweet. The call time is 5.30 p.m. We go to the W Hotel in Midtown Atlanta. We dress up like we are upscale hotel guests in Los Angeles. And there were literally three or four pictures. That was it. Very simple. No fitting. No going there with a suitcase full of clothing and having them rifle through your stuff and figure out what they like and don't like and mixing and matching with their stuff and your stuff. Just show up, dress nice, and you're good to go. So the nice thing is um, you get the whole day to yourself, basically. I mean, it's hanging over your head all day, but the fact that we're not getting there till 5.30 means I can basically have a normal Friday, even though I didn't know this till 10 o'clock last night. So of course, I planned for a non-normal Friday. I planned for a filming Friday, which means uh, my dog's been over at a friend's for most of the week because he's taking the week off. Um, I could have gotten her back, I think, Wednesday night when we went out to dinner. But since I was filming Friday, it was like, what's the point? I'd have to bring her back over there Thursday night anyway. So she's been there the whole week. Um, And then I don't really buy groceries on Friday mornings, but I did it yesterday to kind of, you know, get that out of the way. So I get to have a normal Friday. Um, And the fact that it's start, we're getting there at 530 and it's not an overnight shoot means we're not going to be there probably for 12 hours. I, I can't imagine that happening. But if it does, uh, you'll certainly hear about it and I won't be happy. Um, But what's really kind of interesting is this normally doesn't happen. It's kind of exciting because before I went to bed, you know, I had to go to my suit closet from, uh, you know, my my former life in corporate America where I've got literally 15 to 20 suits there that I never wear. And I kind of started rifling through those and picking out, you know, just the jackets that are patterned to a degree that I can mix them with pants and a shirt and come up with something interesting to wear. So... That'll be interesting. Um, I think I'll probably bring a couple options leaving my trunk if they don't like what I'm wearing. But it's so different from not having a fitting and not having wardrobe have to scrutinize and approve you. They're basically leaving it up to us and it's not that important to them that they approve every single look. So if somebody brings or wears something that they don't like, they'll probably just have a supply of things to kind of give you to fix things. But should be good um that's it for now i will definitely check in probably tomorrow saturday and let you know how things went
One other thing I wanted to quickly bring up, it's still Friday morning, um, uh, COVID tests. So I've talked um, at length ad nauseum about COVID tests um, in the film industry and how they've really complicated things, given you have to go test and get results and all that stuff and sometimes test on the same day and sometimes sit in your car for three hours waiting for the results of a, quote, rapid test, uh, unquote. Anyway, um, it's very rare that you can provide proof of a negative COVID test to a production or a casting company, production company, what have you. Um, Typically, they want you to go to their facility and they want to have control over the whole process and the results and all of that stuff. But I'm finding that in last minute situations, um, some people are accepting test results from other sources. So what happened yesterday was I'm booked today on the ballet, but I got a central casting inquiry to availability inquiry to see if I could do stand in on something else. So of course, the crazy person in me thought, oh, well, it pays a lot more money. Maybe I should do that. Well, it wasn't that simple, but they did basically say if you can produce proof of a negative COVID test within the last two or three days, whatever it was, then you could potentially do this. So I reached out, I had gotten an email, I got tested for the ballet on Wednesday morning and I got an email with results yesterday. So the problem with the emailed results was it was a link to their website and I had put in the test ID number and my birthday and it didn't work because somebody somewhere screwed up something. It turns out it was my birthday. So I had to call them up and they couldn't find it. And then the guy had to call his supervisor and then he called me back. And he said, we corrected your birthday and he gave me the correct test ID number and it still didn't work. So ultimately, and this is just crazy because by this time I had already decided and responded and said, I'm not available to do the stand-in job. He emails me a HIPAA form, Microsoft Word, assuming I have Word and I do, but if I didn't, I don't know what would happen. And I basically turn that into a PDF, upload it into DocuSign, fill it out, electronically sign it, email it back to them with a picture of my license, thinking, okay, this is how you get your results. And then this morning I got the results. So it's way, 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 way too late for this to make any difference, but at least I know I can do this. However, I just realized this morning that that was a complete waste of time and not the route you wanna go in the future because you can go to Walgreens now and get a rapid test and get results in four hours because I did this a few weeks ago in preparation for the flight I was going to take to Boston at the end of June. Um, so if you end up in a situation like that and there's time and I don't know, four hours is, you know, it's kind of, kind of a lot of time to get an inquiry from central casting, <laughs> go to the Wal- Walgreens website, schedule your test, drive there, get the test, wait four hours, get your results and then respond. But who knows, you could probably respond and say that you're available and then hopefully they don't need you to immediately send your test results. Anyway, um, I'll probably try that at some point, let you know what happens um, just to see. Um, But long story short, um, some companies in Atlanta are now accepting test results from other sources if there's a time crunch and they don't have time for you to go to their facility and get tested for a specific job. So that's the COVID story for today. Uh, I will check in when I'm done with the ballet. I did the valet yesterday. This is a remake of Francis Weber's movie. It's a comedy, but I forget what it's about. I was absolutely right about what I mentioned in the prior segment, another harbinger of what was to come. I said yesterday that it was unlikely we'd be filming all night, but we did. It's one thing to tell people it's an overnight job. It's another to not know. 
it's another to know and not tell them. I think the situation was the second or the third. Andrew, another stand that I met, had told me that as the week progresses, call times get later and later. So by the time you reach Friday, it's definitely an overnight job. So someone somewhere knows this, but Central Casting didn't communicate it. I am booked again on this on Wednesday, and depending on the call time, I may bail at the last minute. I'm going to have a closing on Thursday, and I can't be sleeping through that. They also reached out for Tuesday as well while I was there, but that I cannot do. Not to be an overbooker, but I did claim availability to do senior year on Friday because it's a body double role with much higher pay. But the chances of getting that? Who knows? If it comes through, the only conflict is its COVID test conflicts with filming on Wednesday. But given the later call times for the ballet and that COVID tests are typically in the morning, this may just work out. It's one thing to know in advance and to prepare by taking a nap and or drinking coffee if you're going to work overnight. But when you don't know, all you can do is drink coffee, which I didn't do. I didn't explode with anger. I just set my expectations and made the most of the situation. It wasn't bad until 5 a.m. The crazy, crazy, crazy thing is that at 6 a.m. we were all sitting and holding after the first scene was finally done. The wardrobe woman walks in and says, it's time to change into our second looks, if we had one. Mine was back in my trunk, and rather than try to get it and risk being locked out of the hotel from the parking garage, she just gave me a new jacket. This was insane. They were going to do an entire new scene at 6 a.m. It all fell apart, and 50 minutes later, they wrapped us. Since I had accidentally put my dress shirt in my trunk, and they had given me a new one, I had to strip down and walk out of there with a suit on but no shirt. That must have looked weird, but at 6.20 a.m., who cares? If I ended up on Dateline, investigators would spend months combing through data trying to figure out why the businessman found dead in his car was not wearing a shirt. There was a second suit in the trunk with a dress shirt and t-shirt, so why was he shirtless? I just told you, were you not listening? Don't overanalyze and overcomplicate it. Sometimes there's a simple reason for something. Let me tell you the backstory about wardrobe. They told us to dress like upscale hotel guests in LA. I did just that. So well that they absolutely loved my outfit. No changes needed. A pale gray Glen plaid suit with a black knit polo, black belt, and black double monk strap pointed shoes. I brought one other suit and shirt, which they didn't really look at, until 20 minutes later. They take your picture and send it to someone for approval. My look was not approved because it looked too much like the principal, meaning principal actor. It's like going to a wedding and dressing like the bride, which confuses people if you are not the bride. So they made me take it off and put on my other suit. And then they gave me a solid white shirt and a tie. And then the guy in charge thought the tie was too loud and gave me another one, which was so short, I swear it was made for a 12-year-old. The weird thing was that once we started filming, I saw no other principal actors dressed anything like it. Max Greenfield was wearing a pale blue knit polo and off-white pants. More new friends, of course. I met Kevin, another newbie, but this time I handed him my acting business card and refrained from vomiting my stories all over him. When he came to me with a question, I simply answered it very curtly. I also met Andrew F. the stand-in for Max Greenfield. He had another job at 1230 today doing crew work for a friend and five auditions due by Tuesday. 
crazy busy after a dry spell. He said he was happy and didn't want to sound like he was complaining. It reminded me that to succeed in this business, you really have to love it. And that sometimes means little or no sleep. Or maybe this is most of the time. So I have no reason to complain about having to pull up a single all-nighter every six months or so when some people do this on a regular basis. At one point, the person who puts marks on the ground with tape couldn't use fluorescent tape because it would show in the scene, so she used sticks instead. The three other stands and each got a stick, but not me. To which Andrew said something like, There's a stick in my heart for you. Hmm. Always interesting when a straight guy says something that could very easily be misinterpreted as flirtation. I didn't respond, but I did think that thought. Maybe I did just smile back. I don't remember. When you're 18 inches away from someone with your feet glued to the ground for 20 minutes, it's hard not to build rapport. I also met an Indian woman whose 13-year-old son was on MasterChef Junior and Doom Patrol Season 1, Episode 6, and now has an internship with Nissan, even though he's only 13. We looked at her like she was crazy. I mean, how is that even possible? I'll probably be just as braggadocious about my kids when I have them. I also met a SAG-AFTRA African-American gentleman who lives at the Mayfair right across the street. Somehow we landed on real estate, and I had to tell him all about the homeward sandwich I'm currently eating, scheduled to finish the third and final transaction on June 3rd. Fingers crossed, he had done a military role on Clover down at Trillith recently. The W in closing down 14th Street was complicated. The two westbound lanes were closed. The one eastbound lane had traffic traveling west. And we had background in cars driving in the scene. I thought resetting was hard as a human. You just go back to your mark so you can restart the scene. But with cars, these people had to literally back up to their starting points, and it takes forever. And they had to stop traffic again and again for filming. And then you have random people driving by at 2 a.m. yelling out their window, I need to be in your movie, as if we're going to hire them on the spot. We also had a small audience of people and dogs across the street watching us. And in addition to background paparazzi in the scene, we had a person on the balcony of the building we were shooting at taking pictures. Clearly, he was out to make a lot of money selling these to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I can just imagine the headline. Actors I don't know filming something at an apartment building on 14th Street. Wow, are you hooked? The rain. It was pouring torrentially, which messed up our start time. From 10 to 11 p.m., we could do nothing. As for food, I had a great omelet for lunch at 10 p.m. I normally put avocado on mine at home. This one had all kind of veggies in it, paired with french fries for some reason. And I did eat them, because sometimes keto goes out the window when I'm on set. By the way, I was standing in for the Uber driver whom casting neglected to hire for, so I was a last-minute addition. Normally, you're supposed to look and dress like the actor. In my case, it was merely my height that got me the job. Imagine a world where your resume is a blank sheet of paper with two numbers on it, the feet and inches that make up your height. Here was my job interview. Them. How tall are you? Me. Five foot eight. Them. Okay, come with me. And then they write your name and role you're standing in for on this white piece of tape. 
and you can tape it to your suit jacket so everyone knows who you are. This is exactly what happened on my second day of background work on Ozark in October of 2019. So don't worry about sending out a thousand resumes. Just be the right height and be in the right place at the right time. Bring heels and or be prepared to stand on your toes as you lie your way into the job. What's the worst that could happen? They realize you're too short and cannot take direction? Oh yes, I have seen stand-ins get fired. That's how I got my gig on Ozark. The guy I replaced was obnoxiously talking to the principal actor, so they cut him loose. Don't treat the principals like royalty. Instead, pretend they are not even there. I did get upgraded to the stand-in rate, but it's hardly worth it. Something like $50 more. And we got a $5 luggage bump. Hilarious. Here's $5 for bringing a nice suitcase to carry around. Don't spend it all in one place. It was actually convenient in that I had my knapsack stuffed into mine. Stand-ins are a bit clicky. There is always this inner circle of the regular stand-ins. In this case, we were on day 20 of a 35-day shoot, so the other four people all knew each other. It's very nice when one or more reach out and engage you to at least partially let you in, but it's not like I was trying to permeate the circle and ingratiate myself. I just take things very casually in situations like this. But it is a bit awkward when during every break you are standing literally feet out just outside the circle, but that's fine. I prefer the one-on-one conversations with people versus being in a group chat where everyone is talking at once. Finding the exit was arduous. They put somebody at the parking exit to validate our parking, but there were six exits and I had trouble finding the right one. I had to drive two levels down, which was so complicated. This is one of those crazy parking decks built in the 1960s that is so convoluted you can barely find the exit or how to get to another level. I drove in circles before seeing a line of cars one level below me and just had to figure out how to get down there. Here's the shortest recap ever. Read your call time email so you know where you're going. Look for signs of an overnight shoot if you want to avoid these. Don't work on rainy days. It messes up the schedule. Don't ever dress like the principal actor, even though you have no idea what they'll be wearing. Only offer to bring your car if you're prepared to drive it backwards every time they yell reset. Ignore the principal actors unless you want to get fired on the spot. Be the right height if you want a last-minute stand-in job. But seriously, whether you think I'm joking or not, this tongue-in-cheek summary does have merit. Everything here happened to me, and this is how my brain processed and stored the experiences, which in turn will impact how I behave going forward, and maybe you too. But please don't blame the messenger. I'm not responsible for what you do with this information. But you would be wise to listen and learn from someone who's been there and done that. That's all for this episode. Tune in again for more of The Background Scoop, where I discuss background acting here in Atlanta. Hope you're learning and getting some BG roles of your own. Feel free to reach out with your questions, which I'll try to answer in a future episode, or tell me a story about your own experience, and I may choose to interview you. See the episode notes for how to reach out, and if you like what you've heard, please rate the podcast. Thanks for listening.